This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday relatable and usable advice. So in our last episode, we talked about focused and time management. In this episode, we're going to talk about how important it is to know your self-worth and value. Many of us undervalue our worth daily, and that compounds over time. Let's think of it like the stock market. If you know there is a value in a specific stock, and it performs well, however, the company talks bad about itself, it devalues its stock over time, and people lose confidence in that stock and it further gets devalued and becomes worthless. And it's self-imposed. We need to think about our own self-worth and value in the same way. So what is self-worth? Self-worth is a feeling that you are a good person who deserves to be treated with respect. And self-value means that you believe in that worth. So you're saying, I know I have a certain amount of worth, or I know my high level of worth and I actually believe in that worth. We're going to expand upon that here in a second. And as leaders, we need to make sure that one, we always remain humble, but two, that we're not sending out devaluing signals to your team and to people that you work with. This can be, you know, evidenced and seen daily by our actions. And this is what I mean by that. There are four main elements of the self-worth model. And they are your ability, the effort that you put into something, your performance, and the outcome of that, and your self-worth, right? So how are you, so how able you are to do a specific task or to do something feeds into the amount of effort that you put into doing that thing, uh, which inevitably leads to a level of performance. And this performance over time helps us develop our own self-worth. Uh, they all feed into each other. So, for example, if you have a high ability to complete a task and you put a lot of effort into that task, your likelihood of having a high level of performance is high. And when you evaluate yourself and you take a look at those things combined, you can come up with a self-worth value of, of yes, what I am doing brings value to other people and to myself. And it all ties into your mindset and your perspective of the world and your environment impacts your value. For example, let's say that you have a rough patch and have some setbacks and failures like in succession, like one after another. Even though you know you have a high ability and your effort and your performance level is high, you know you have, um, you know, high self-worth, but because you've had those you know, failures in succession, you can start to devalue your own stock. And that can be seen in various ways, like how you carry yourself, your appearance. Um, You know, do you stop ironing your clothes? Do you stop grooming yourself? You know, your feelings of being judged by your peers will be evidence and coworkers will be evident. Uh, Maybe you start to shrink your social circle or maybe you expand your social circle to overcompensate for things. 
Or maybe even start to look at your own net worth, your financial stock, like your real money uh, monetary value, and you focus on material things to overcompensate for recent failures. These are all signaling cues. Sometimes we don't realize that we're even doing it. It just kind of happens. If you don't believe me, just take a look around your office and observe for a week or two. And now that you're conscious of it, you're going to see it. Your mind cannot handle the negative. For example, if I say, don't think of an elephant, you're going to think of an elephant. You cannot not do something. Your brain can't process that. And here's how this translates over to your value. If you start to tell yourself, there is a problem that I need to fix, and you think about that problem, and all the things associated with the problem, all you will see are problems. This will further cause more doubt and negative thoughts. But if you replace the word problem with opportunity, then you will see all the silver underlinings in that opportunity to overcome. So even if you do fail at whatever it is you're doing, um, your success is still going to be naturally better at overcoming that obstacle and working through it because you're going to notice all the positive things and you're not going to focus on all the negative things. And so you're really end up going to be working through an opportunity and even if it doesn't succeed as well as you think it will it will still have a higher positive outcome because you're not working in a deficit you're working in an excess so for example if you tell yourself um let's take two people right and they go up to a bridge and it's a rickety bridge and one side of the rope is you know on this little rope bridge is not really working right and it's lopsided and it's really really dangerous If you come up to that bridge and you tell yourself, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, you're probably going to fall because your brain doesn't hear the word don't. All it says is fall off the bridge, right? However, if you tell yourself, just get to the other side, you will get to the other side of the bridge. See, the the obstacle in the way didn't change. The dangers and everything else associated with it didn't change. It's the same mission set. It's the same uh, set of variables for both people. It's the mindset of how you look at it. It's going to be visible. So, for example, uh, just picture in your mind, you see two different people come up to the same uh, bridge that they have to cross. The person with the negative mindset and has that fear and the anxiety about the bridge is going to physically react differently in the approach to crossing the bridge. They're going to be more hesitant. They're not going to be as sure of, oh, I can get this done. So who do you want to follow? Do you want to follow the guy or the person uh, that comes up to the bridge, looks at it and goes, yep, I'm going to get across this thing. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get across this thing. They're going to carry themselves with a little bit more confidence. They're going to carry themselves with a little bit more assurance. They're going to see all the positive ways of how they can get across the bridge versus all the ways they cannot get across the bridge. And it will manifest itself physically. So just just picture that in your mind and, and you will be able to see that as well. So ask yourself, what type of leader do I want to be when it comes to these uh, situations? Do I want to devalue my self-worth or do I want to continuously pump money back into my own stock, pump value back into my own stock? So here's how we can improve our self-worth and value. 
The first thing you can do is if you lack confidence in your ability, you know, you can improve that. Whatever it is that, you know, in an area that you don't feel uh, that your ability is as good as what it needs to be at, you know, read a book, take a class, you know, practice in private until you're ready to publicly perform that task. You know, there's nothing wrong with knowing that you have a shortcoming and you're willing to improve it. But identify and assess that, hey, you know, I need to do, I have this opportunity to get better at this. And I'm going to take that opportunity to do that. And it will increase your ability to do that. You know, and the second thing that you can do is know that hard work will pay off over talent any day of the week. The amount of effort that you put into something is almost always relational to the outcome. You know, people who are talented at something tend to not work at hard, as hard as it because it comes naturally easier to them. So the appearance is, is that they're performing really, really high, but they can easily get outperformed by somebody with a lesser ability um, because they're not putting the amount of effort into the task or the thing that they need to do that the person who is not as strong at it is and who has practiced and taken their time to refine their skills, hone their craft, and then put the effort into it and the work to get it after done and to get after it and get it done. And then the third thing I would say is keep track, keep a track record of your performance, no matter what it is. So what I mean by that is one thing that I do is every week, every week I write three things that went very well this past week. I write three big wins that happened and I give myself credit for three big things that I did this week. Then I write three things that didn't go so well as planned and then I write down what I could change to have turned that into a win. So then I can apply that to next week. Then every 90 days I go back and I look at what I wrote in my in my books and you'll find that there will be a positive trend of wins versus negative trends, right? And so what we typically do as people and human beings, we tend to only focus on the negative things, right? So how many times have you been heard by somebody that said, you know, one screw up will get rid of five attaboys, right? So if you did like five things correct and you screwed up once, they're going to completely forget about the five things that you did correctly. And they're going to focus on the one thing that you did bad. And that's just true for human nature because we tend to focus on those things because, uh, you know, we hyper fixate on them. However, that will devalue your self-worth and your value in yourself over time. So you need to keep a track record of everything that you're doing correctly. What are the things that are you're doing that is giving you the wins? So when you take a look at those things and you're like, you know what? I did 95 things out of, you know, 100 things right, you know, this last 90 days, and it went well. Yeah, I had three things I didn't. But the balance of positive versus negative is going to outweigh. And you're not going to internalize that and turn that into signaling cues that could devalue your self-worth over time to other people, right? So this will help you see your self-worth, you know, where you're at. And if you have issues believing your worth and turning it into a value, then this will help you do that. People will always buy into something that has value. You know, why do people buy diamonds and gold? 
because that has perceived value and people will pay for it. So if you're leading your team, you want people to buy into you, right? So what is your gold stock worth? What is your diamond stock worth? And you have your own um, internal belief of what that is. And then there's an external belief of what that is. And you need to get those to match up as, as much as possible because you'll find that your external view of your value is much higher than your internal view of your value for a majority of the people, right? So if you're looking at, you know, a new career or job opportunity, um, you know, you don't, you want people to buy into you. You want them to buy your stock and you want them to pay for premium prices for your stock too, right? So don't sell yourself short and devalue yourself. I would caution though on overinflating your stock. Um, you know, that would have negative consequences too. From Don't take away from yourself and the amazing opportunities that you could have and you could provide to yourself and others around you. So closing this episode out, how does this topic tie into focus and time management? Well, if you value your time, then you will not give it away at a lesser cost than you want. Because if you give your time away at a lesser value than what you really think it is, it's going to cost you more down the road. If you don't focus on yourself, and as a leader, we tend to be more externally focused, making sure that everyone around us is good. Like, do the people around us have all the resources they need to be successful? Is the environment conducive for them to thrive? Are their needs being met so they can perform to the best of their ability? You know, we tend to forget about ourselves and we will start to devalue our own stock. So we need to take the time each week to keep pumping value and worth into our own stock so that way we can continue to build the external perceived value of our stock. Because you know what you're worth and other people know what you're worth. But if you start signaling, hey, I am worth more, then you will be treated the exact same way that you are signaling, whether it's subconscious or consciously. So before we go, I'd like to ask if you got some value out of this episode, please follow, subscribe, share this podcast with one or two other people that you think might like it. If you haven't checked out our Facebook page or our YouTube page, uh, there's links in our description. It'd be great places for you to you know check those out and contribute to the conversation and check out some of the other content that we have out there. I'm glad you stopped by and listened to this episode and come back for another one. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.